everyone is asking the exact same question. Who, who, who is gonna walk out next? Owls are out. Let's get some wisdom. Oh boy, what the? And finally from Toledo, Ohio, Trey Wilkins! Oh boy, for me on a personal level, this is exciting. I love watching Trey Miguel wrestle so different. It is great to see Trey Miguel back in Impact Wrestling. And now we know what kept Scott Demore tied up in his office. Brother, 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 brother. Yes, Angelo is back. Brother. After oh, what yeah. feels like forever. Wasn't really forever. I guess it was a week. Yeah, it was a week. It was just a week. Well, it, yeah. Well, it, yeah, it was a week plus uh, hard to kill. We weren't there for hard to kill. Oh yeah, true. Yeah. Pay per views. Ha. What's a pay per view? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So uh, it is Tuesday, January twenty sixth. Uh. So we just finished up another episode of impact on access or on twitch whatever you watch on um and yeah it existed it existed all right um so i guess before we get into this um we should uh first remind everybody to follow us on social media at deep six wrestling on twitter facebook and YouTubes. Um, Also, make sure to subscribe uh, anywhere you want um, for our podcast. We are on Anchor, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google, uh, the Google Play Store, whatever it's called, Um, uh, Breaker, Overcast, TuneIn, Stitcher. I think that's it. Pretty sure that's it. That's probably it. Um, make sure leave a review, a rating, whatever you can, um, and share it with your friends, your coworkers, your family, your worst enemies, your teachers from middle school, anybody. Uh, it'd be greatly appreciated. Um, so yeah. Um, so didn't really tell us. They didn't. Like last week after Impact, uh, I have to say, wasn't like, oh man, sounds like it's going to be a wild episode of Impact. Um, they didn't give us much, uh, they didn't like give us what the main event was going to be. And then over the weekend, they gave us a 30 second clip of Moose and Chris Bay and Ken Shamrock and uh, Sammy Callahan beating the crap out of Tommy Dreamer, uh, Rich Swan, and Willie Mack. I was like, well, that, that didn't happen last week. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and it was informed, we were informed in this clip that Scott Demore had a surprise person that was going to help these guys out uh, in a match. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess that's going to be our main event. And that whole thing ended up being the opening of this show. Uh, so Rich Swan comes out and since Angelo hadn't been, hasn't been back, uh, I haven't gotten his take. How do you feel about the random crowd noise that they've added in? See, when I was watching, um, impact, even though I wasn't on the podcast last week, I wasn't sure if I was just crazy or I was hearing some crowd noise because like, I didn't see any people. Yep. Last yep. Week. Yeah. No, there is no, there are no people in there. There, yeah. there are no people because then, then it happened again in the beginning this week. And I'm like, no, that crowd noise is really crowd noise and there's still nobody there. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not a fan of the fake crowd noise too much, but it's, it's all right. It's not hindering the product for me right now. Yeah. Um, I will say I, it took me out of Chris or Rich Swan's uh, promo here solely because they continued to have this audible noise going on where it wasn't cheering. It wasn't clapping or anything. It was, it just sounded like people talking to each other. Right. <laughs> Which I thought I was agree. weird. It's just kind of like a, a crowd lull. Like you, like you just know there's people in the building. Yeah, and that's I guess what they're going for. Yeah, which, that right. that was new because I that had never that was not there at Hard to Kill or um, they last did that week. at the pay per view too. That's where they debuted it. All this. Oh stuff. man, 
Yeah, so with with the new announced team, they introduced the crowd noise, um, <laughs> and I was what's your I was watching it by myself, and I was like, it's taken me out of it because it's just like the most generic crowd noise. Like it, it, it it's better than I guess, um, you know, like fake chants and stuff, but. Um, this was the most egregious I thought where there was li- they literally just decided to have random crowd lull noises over top of Rich Swan cutting a promo yeah really Um, so Rich Swan I- comes out he's cutting this promo about how he always wanted to be a wrestler and when you want to be a wrestler you want to be the guy. You want to be the champion. And now he can say he is. This, Good for Yeah. Him. This opening promo felt like something you would do after winning the title. Not having yeah. the title for basically three months at this point. Yeah, it was a little uh, weirdly placed in, Yeah, in his timeline. Yeah. But I get what they're going for. That He basically... um. Wants to set up his next match. Yep. For what's the next pay per view? Uh, for the next Impact Plus show, it is uh, okay. No Surrender. The No Surrender. He's trying to set up, and he calls out Tommy Dreamer, which is surprising. And Tommy Dreamer walks out, kind of surprised, but um, he explains that he was, you know, Tommy Dreamer was an idol of his. Yep. For a very long time, which you know, I'm. I love Tommy Dreamer. I loved watching him, but I don't know, like, if I was a wrestler. I don't know if that was, like, the guy I would want to, like, say I looked up to as a wrestler. Especially, like, a high flyer. Like, it's not yeah, like they have no, a similar style. It's about 0% similarity. But <laughs> but Tommy Dream is a great locker room guy. And even even Matt Stryker was like, I guess it's not about, uh, he basically says something about, like, it's not about wins and losses, but uh, <laughs> he's a good guy. <laughs> so, yeah. Pretty funny. Um, Tommy Dreamer's birthday is on the same day as No Surrender, yep. so I feel like that. It's his 50th, so as a 50-year-old, I guess, you know, that's a good time to get a title shot. Yeah, it's a great time to win the world title. Yeah. <laughs> win a world title yeah. at 50 years old. Why not? Um, exactly. Yeah, so this, uh, so after this, um, who comes out first? I believe it was... I think it was- no, no, Sammy Callahan yep. came out first, which was interesting. Yeah, so Sammy Callahan comes out and... Lights come off, yeah. He, uh, he His music starts to play, and Sammy immediately says, cut my music, and then he's like, I'll do it myself. And the music still plays while he starts to talk, and then, then, it, then it finally goes away. Um, but Sammy Callahan says, I know I lost at Barbed Wire Massacre, but at least I didn't embarrass the company like Tommy Dreamer did. At hard to kill, which okay. Um, so because of that, he believes he deserves a title shot instead of Tommy Dreamer. And then Fair. out comes Chris Bay, who says, "Hey, you know, I should get that title shot because it's my birthday too on February thirteenth." And I had to look that up, and it is. But he's uh he's twenty four right now, Chris Bay. Yeah. He, he's officially 25 years younger. So when Tommy Dreamer was a young 25-year-old killing it in ECW, <laughs> Chris Bay was sucking, his, out was sucking on his mama's teeth. Yeah, he, he still had an umbilical cord yeah. at this time, 25 years ago. Yeah. So. Um, so that's something. Um, Chris Bay also says that he deserves a title shot because it's Chris Bay, and uh, the internet would love to see Chris Bay versus Rich Swan too. Um, yeah, not that they would. Yeah, but uh, uh, Chris uh, Bay really hasn't done anything to warrant. He's he's yeah. losing the X division. Um, <laughs> and then Moose comes out, and this is the only person who actually has a claim to the throne because he literally got a title shot for quitting his I quit match at Genesis um, to save Willie's career, Willie Mac's career. Um, 
And so he's like, oh, if anybody's going to get a title shot, it's at no surrender, it's me. And Rich Swan's like, ha nope. Uh, you said you we're on Moose's time after I gave you your title opportunity last week. So you got time's a ticking, and then Moose just attacks him straight up. Um, because yeah, starts out with a nice big brawl. Yeah, uh, and then Willie Mack comes down to make the save to even it up, and Sammy Callahan grabs his phone, turns the lights off, and Ken Shamrock comes in. A shirtless Ken Shamrock. Of course he is. Of course he is. Right. Which. You know, in the ring are, uh, well, Tommy Dreamer is about to be 50, but besides that are, uh, was it five other, you know, strong, athletic, young wrestlers? And they were all, you know, fully clothed. <laughs> but Ken Shamrock felt like he was just the one that needed to be shirtless. Pure shirtless, yeah. too. Like, he didn't, like, take his shirt off. It was just the lights came on and shirtless Ken Shamrock. 56-year-old Ken Shamrock without a shirt was there. Yeah. Waiting. Yeah. So not eighty-five years old as no, you know, no. As, as Angelo originally thought. I was a little dramatic <laughs> with that. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, fifty-six years old. You know who else is fifty-six years old? I'm pretty sure. A uh, man challenging for uh, the WWE uh, championship at uh, oh, at, at Royal Rumble, Bill Goldberg. Yeah. I, I don't pay attention to that part product <laughs> very much. <laughs> so you've got two companies with two 56-year-olds, and then you've got AEW, who's got a 62-year-old uh, in Sting uh, wrestling uh, at Revolution. Yeah, true. I saw that. Uh, Everybody's getting in the old man game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I, I think Sting knows best and he'll probably at least have a singlet on yeah. probably a shirt I, I to be fair it is a street fight and i assume he will just can stay in his cloak the whole time <laughs> that, that is very possible i i take the over on that um so after this uh they go backstage and we get the promo of tommy dreamer running everybody down and saying, we want a match tonight. Scott. He goes, Scott! <laughs> Him yelling Scott and walking <laughs> through the halls yelling Scott was phenomenal. Yeah, changing his tone of Scott. So that was pretty uh, cool. And then Scott just walks out of a door and is like, hey, guys. Hey, hey, oh, Rich, you don't look so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rich, Rich barely selling anything other than like having his arm on his, on his other arm. Yeah. Not looking too hot, bud. Uh, yeah, and he's like, "Oh, you know, <laughs> uh, we we want a match." You saw that happen, and <laughs> uh, Scott's response is, "Well, I don't know if you guys know any math, but uh, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, our yeah, our that, expert that... mathematician Scott Steiner can't be here tonight to help. But uh, I think I got something better." And Rich Swan and Willie Mack look in and like start hooting and hollering. They're like, "My man, uh, Denzel Washington voice." Um, and then Tommy Dreamer just like looks up to the heavens, like very happy. And we don't know who it is. Um, and they're again, uh, as I've said before, when that we, uh, I think last week, or uh, Hard to Kill with one of the two shows. Um, there were some reports that uh, Black Taurus of AAA, who I've never heard of, uh, was at yeah, these, not- at these tapings. So I was like, "Oh, it's probably gonna be him." Uh, when this clip was shown uh, over the weekend, the internet for some reason thought that Taz and Brian Cage were gonna be the two people were gonna be in this room. Uh, Taz, who is a heel. Um, and has not wrestled a match in like 20 some years, uh, or almost 20 years. Um, yeah, I think they meant like Brian Cage with Taz again, Taz. and Brian Cage, who is a vicious heel. Um, yeah, it, it, like AEW would not sacrifice their a top heel to turn babyface on a random episode of Impact Wrestling. Yeah, this this ain't the right time. Um, so yeah, um, I I was like, oh, it's gonna be. I, I I didn't think it would be Black Taurus because I was like they wouldn't have released this clip if, if it was like some really like random person, 
uh, from AAA that like I had never heard of. Like being a partner, yeah. like this had to be somebody big. Um, and I guess for Impact fans, uh, you could say this was a. It is pretty big, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So after this, well, we get yeah, this. we'll get we'll get to that. We didn't know who it was until the end of the night. Um. So after this, we get. Um, Matt Cardona and Josh Alexander versus Ace Austin and Madman Fulton, and this was a. F- so I saw the, I saw the promos last week with Cardona. I honestly didn't realize he wasn't under contract with AEW. Yeah, so he showed up in AEW solely to, as like a freelancer. Um, okay. Just because, like, he never signed a deal and never did anything. That's why he's able to use the same music and the same Titantron and everything. Because he, like, it's downstate, wrote it for him, um, specifically for wherever he wrestles uh, outside uh-huh. WWE. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, no, I I know uh, AEW does that where they, like, they'll have people perform for a while. Yeah. And then, like, you see Twitter three months later, like, oh, they are officially all elite. Like, yeah. Weren't they already? But, but that makes sense. Yeah. And, and Cardona, Cardona was a is a friend of Cody. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Cody they're Rose. best. They're friends. Yeah. And he, 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 uh, like right after his second appearance, um, I believe, uh, Cody went on like Twitter, like did an interview, and somebody asked about it, and he says, as of now, there's there's no plans to extend, uh, Matt, uh, for longer than they had. I, I believe it was like a three, a three match deal he signed with AEW. Yeah. Uh, basically, as like a trial run. Um, and to try to like show off what he could do. Um, but he, he even Cody also was very adamant about like he, he didn't want AEW to just be like, hey, if you're friends with Cody, you can just show up and you have a job. Because, yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it was just doing him a favor for the couple matches, but wasn't absolutely automatically build him into the plans. Yeah. No, that, that, I mean, that makes yeah. sense. And, and he did, he did well. With what he did, he did in AW. Indeed. Um. So yeah, uh, you you mentioned something about uh, <laughs> about uh, Josh Alexander. Uh, <laughs> in the- well, I thought we were we were going to be very excited to see Josh Alexander and what like where he would go after the breakup of the North. Um, and to see him not one, I guess, not only being in a tag team match two, not even be the most important person in the tag team match, um, is, is definitely disappointing for the development of Josh Alexander. Um, I feel like a lot of what we watched in impact, I usually haven't had like too many, like critical comments about the direction. Yeah. This is definitely something I feel like I don't like the direction of what's going on with Josh Alexander, but you know, to be seen. Um, we still have to talk about the match, but at the end of the match, like you know, Cardona and Alexander were friendly, but they did distance separately. So I guess kind of hinting that they're not going to continue as a team. Yeah, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, it, I do think it's interesting. Um, because as you said, it, it for Alexander to like look like he was going to be like a singles guy, maybe, and then immediately get put into a tag t- or a tag match, and then not be the most important person. Totally understand that. Uh, we do have the next week, uh, He Josh Alexander will have a singles match. Um, he okay. is facing Madman Fulton. So that's something. Um, yeah, that's, that's yeah. good. And we also kind of got a glimpse of where Matt Cardona is going next. And that might be with his big old best bud, Brian Myers in a little bit of a feud. Yeah, bad, bad mood. Bad Brian. mood, Brian, indeed. Uh, then we get a flashback moment of the week, uh, and it's RVD Genesis 2011. RVD's in the ring, and we've been told that Eric Bischoff has a super new signing, and it's the debut of Matt Hardy and in Impact Wrestling. I think he, like, I guess, phrased it as "You want Hardy, you got yes. Hardy," and just didn't explain which Matt Hardy or which Hardy yeah. it was, or which incarnation of Matt yeah. Hardy. I guess there wasn't that many in, uh, versions of Matt Hardy yet in 2011. Yeah. Um, I get. So. I think it's weird to me that, like, I I feel like 
I when I got into wrestling, um, he would like heart the Hardys were basically impact for life at this point. Like they'd just been there forever. Um, but in once I got into college and started watching wrestling yeah, sure. like pretty frequently. So- um, but I I assumed that Jeff and Matt both came to Impact at the same time. I didn't realize that Jeff was in Impact for a bit before Matt came. Yeah, so um, like Jeff uh, had a tro- checkered oh, past yeah. as a young, and he kind of still does now, but um, that was a lot of it. It was because WWE would give up on him. He would go to Impact, do really well, and then come back to WWE, and then they would give up on him. Gotcha. And Impact was there, waiting for his drunk ass uh, <laughs> to uh, hit, hit up, hit some main events, do some swantons. But uh, yeah, he he was in and out of Impact for a while, and he had a like a rep, you know, I guess distinguished repertoire already being oh. there. Um, unfortunately, there's you know the match with Sting, of course, where he was. Very inebriated and uh, didn't really perform very and well. That was 2011, uh, so that was 2011. Yeah, was Victory Road 2011, baby. I wonder. Interesting. So I wonder what was first uh, the of uh, what was the uh, that RVD match or uh, I, I'd, ass- I, I'd assume part. it was this one, but who knows? Yeah, who knows, man? But uh, I guess oh, we forgot to mention. Uh, Madman Fulton and Ace Austin did yes. lose. Uh, it, was, it was cool to see Ace Austin in the ring as well. He's, I guess he's like, still hey, really, really good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Still really good. Um, they lost a what's uh, that move? The Rough yeah, Rider, it, it, Cardona, yeah. the Rough Rider. I forget. It's called something Austin different now. I forget up. what it's called. Okay. Yeah, not the WWE game, yeah, but uh, but he hit the leg drop. Whatever. Ace Austin kind of assisted yes. him there, right? If I remember correctly, yeah, unintentionally. So and got the pin on Madman Fold. Yeah. So, but that's what my point was. Like Josh Alexander wasn't even the main piece of the victory there. He had nothing to do with yeah. it, really. He, so. he was just a very, very in, in, yeah, insignificant player in this match, for at least to us. Yeah, exactly. But it, it's good to hear that he has the uh, the match next with Fulton one on one. So we'll see what he yeah. can do there. Um. After this, um, we get um, Rohit Raju uh, talking to someone and says, uh, come out with me um, for my match. And I was like, oh, he has a match tonight? Because uh, last week they yeah. mentioned that he has a match in two weeks against TJP. And I was like, oh, who's, who's, right. who's he having a match against this week? That wasn't advertised. Uh, apparently, nope. He was just... Telling whoever this random person is to come out with them next week, and they're already getting ready to walk out for next week's match. So that's good. Uh, is this where the Black Taurus figure comes? I, I, I have no idea. I, I guess. Yeah. I, I've got no idea. Um, I, I don't know enough about him to know if he's a heel, a baby face. Well, doesn't doesn't Rohit? Didn't he come from that? Uh... Deji Hit Squad is right. Isn't that yeah, right he's using the Desi Hit Squad, and they did, and they did break. Apparently, Ma- Mahabali Shira is under contract, and I told Pat that maybe this is, is going to be how they bring back Mahabali Shira. And Pat is said that he is going to stick by his word that if Mahabali Shira is back in Impact on TV, that he will watch every episode of Impact uh, until he leaves. So. Well, okay, so make sure Pat watches Rohit's Next week, match. yep. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Just in case. He's got to start. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, after this, uh, we got Brian Meyer, well, Josh Alexander and Matt Cardona walking backstage, and Brian Myers comes out, and he's got this little tape over his, uh, his eyebrow, and I was very confused about it. I was like, the hell? Like, why does he have this tape over his eye? Um and then I remembered last week that he got poked in the eye, and I guess they're selling right. Um, so he bumps into Cardona, and Cardona's like, "Hey, buddy, what's up?" And Brian Myers is like, "You're new around here. This isn't where we're, we're not all friendly back here. What? Welcome, welcome to Impact, newbie." And I like walks off. Uh, 
Yeah. So that's something. Two, yeah, two halves of the Major Brothers on TV together in 2021. Very always, exciting stuff. always. Uh, yeah. After this, we got Brian Myers versus Eddie Edwards, and I was like, "Oh, this this should be a really good match." Uh, what the hell was this? This started yeah. off good and then went off the rails immediately. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, so Eddie Edwards obviously super taped up from. Barbar Massacre, um, which apparently last week he decided to go get his uh, uh, go to the doctor for uh, because that's where their his interaction with Brian Myers was last week was uh, while well, Eddie Edwards was getting worked on uh, for his injuries, um, you know, because, you know, you you get cut up you, by barbed wire, you don't go to the doctor for two days at least. But sometimes you gotta wait for like the swelling yeah. to go down or the bar fire to yeah. settle. Um, so Eddie Edwards comes out with this ridiculous, ridiculously taped up arm um, for covering his injuries, and Brian Myers immediately starts going after this for a bit, and then Eddie Edwards throws Brian Myers to the the canvas, and Brian Myers is like, "Ah, oh, my my eye." And the ref like tells Eddie to go back up so he can check on the eye. And Eddie Edwards shoves the ref out of the way, rips off the tape on above the eye, yeah, and then straight yes, up bites and starts eating. It looks like the eye and face of Brian Myers, and the ref just yeah. calls the match, doesn't award either person a win, and just leaves. And Brian Myers comes up, and his whole face is covered in blood. And Eddie Edwards comes up, and his whole face is covered in blood. And he's, like, licking the blood off of his face. What in the world was this? Yeah, that got weird. That's not what I'm expecting from... Yeah, I just didn't expect that at all from Eddie Edwards. Um, Like, I understand that barbed wire mayhem takes you to a place, but, like, does (laughs) do you become a cannibal if you win? Yeah, is he just going to become a monster now for like the next I, month? I don't know. Uh, this Maybe. this was strange. I don't think this helped anybody. It made everybody look weird. Um, also, why the ref like not even try to check on Brian Myers once <laughs> once that happened? He was just like, "Nope, I'm out of here." Yeah, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling like there's like a lot of wrestlers that like could be in the main title picture or like or like kind of in that mid card level. With like nothing yeah. to do, because I feel like what's going on because that uh that impact the X division title has kind of been just hijacked with the Rohit storyline now for a yeah. few months. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. I would agree with that because <laughs> it's like I, I I don't necessarily want Eddie Edwards to just have held the belt forever or not have Rich Swan win the title how he did, but um yeah, it just kind of feels like there's a lot of like middle ground people now, like not doing much. The tag title pictures just basically the good brothers are bust right now i mean yeah private parties in, in it now so that's that's exciting definitely but uh doesn't feel like there's a lot of development available for uh, a lot of the the singles wrestlers you got like follow ball like with literally nothing to do um crazy steve kind of same scenario so follow ball who's just like losing all his money man he's, yeah he's, apparently yeah he's, chips. Chips, he's not welcomed anywhere yeah um yeah, so after this, uh, we get Fire and Flava, Tasha Seals and uh, Kira Hogan talking about Fire and Flava Festival coming up. And Johnny Swinger walks by backstage behind them. And he's like, come on, Swingerellas. And I was like, what did he just say? And all of a sudden, these women just walk by. And I was like, holy shit, this man got hose. He's the new godfather officially. Yeah. And I tell that to Pat and Joey, and they're like, "Are you kidding me?" I was like, "Well, he's calling them Swingerellas," nice. and they're he's like, mm-hmm. "One of them, I forget who it was, was like, that's so much that that's that's perfect for him." And I was like, hundred percent, it's perfect for him. It's Johnny Swinger. He, he everything's perfect for him." Yeah. Um. Yeah, he says they they yeah. work overtime. Uh, so after this, we go to Matt Hardy and Private Party, who are backstage and. This is where I think 
the issue is going to be with Matt with having AEW people do a turn on AEW, but not do the turn and but like tape a bunch of stuff with Impact because clearly on AEW last week, Private Party are straight up heels. Like they they cheated to win last week in their match. Like they they used a chair against uh, Top Flight to secure a win. Yeah, that's a good this, point. Uh, they don't. Yeah, last week and this week they're uh, yeah a little different. Uh, this week, don't know why. Um, Matt Hardy is talking about how they need to do what at, at, w- they have to win by any means necessary. Um, they need to make sure that they make as much money for him, and they're not trusting him again. Even though it's like they cut promos last week after the match talking about how like they trust Hardy 100% they're going to listen to him about everything they did a being the elite yeah, thing yeah. this week uh, going after the young bucks saying that uh, they're tired of people thinking that Matt's manipulating them uh, and that Matt since they've teamed with Matt and since Matt has been their business manager and started taking their money um, and they've started to pay him more uh their careers have turned around uh, this week. Like this was just them being like, Oh, I don't know if I want to listen to you. Right. And I, I, I don't know if your ideas are great. And Matt Hardy going like, we need to win. I need more money from you guys. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put bounties on the AW and the t- impact tag tag champs. If you win, then we get more money. Which, that's not how bounties work. If you put a bounty on somebody, you don't make... Like, it's not like a bet. You don't bet on somebody. And you... Yeah, he he said bonus. Yeah, he said uh, bonus. But but still, it's his money that somehow they would get... I believe they said if they beat the Impact Champs, they get 50% of it because Matt takes 50% of their Impact winnings and he takes 30%, 30% of their uh, AEW winnings. But somehow their 30% means that they get 75%, which that doesn't make sense. Math isn't good with wrestlers. Um, no. Especially Clearly. on Impact Television. Especially um, Impact. But yeah, I, it, I thought that was weird. Um, after this was Tennille versus Rosemary and... The less said about this match, I think, the better this existed. Yeah, while this match happened, I just found this uh, TMZ article from 2014 where Emma apparently, well, when it was Tennille Dashwood, when she was Emma in WWE, oh, was yes. arrested for accidentally stealing an iPad case that would cost $21. I'm like, that's the pretty best, So the best part <laughs> about that whole thing is WWE fires her for that. They just straight up fired her. Then they, they came did. out okay. less than 24 hours later because it, the Walmart that she allegedly stole it from uh, admitted that she had rung it through the self-checkout, but it didn't run yeah, it yeah. up on their system, which is why it came up that it was stolen, even though she did pay for it. So then WWE was like, okay, we're rehired. Yeah, ignore ignore, we ignore what we said. Yeah, that's freaking ridiculous on WWE's wild. There. Wild that but, uh, she was fired yeah. for stealing something worth twenty one dollars on while she was in developmental. But you know, there's so many so many yeah. things worse that people have done in WWE, and they did not get rid- right. It's like iPad case was drawing the freaking <laughs> line there. Like that's it. Um, yeah. Um, oh boy. Uh, so I've got the you know impact on sixty in sixty on and it's the best of Madison Rain. We've got uh, we've got <laughs> Mit, we've got Miss Tessmacher, Brooke Tessmacher versus yes. Madison Rain for the knockouts title. Uh, the match previous <laughs> to this was uh, Mickey James versus her in some weird okay. match where there was like a MMA glove involved that like hmm. you could take out and that was the only thing that was legal that like a foreign object that was legal um 
Yeah, but it's yeah, a padded I glove. I, I don't really. Yeah. Don't. Yeah, I've got no idea. Um, but uh, some random person ran in and Massenarine won. Um. Ooh, was it? Uh, nope, it was, some, it was some random girl with black hair and fishnets. Okay. She looked like gotcha. she was cosplaying as Jeff Hardy from the early Hardy Brews. Interesting. I mean, I'll, I'll Google while right. we... Uh, uh, after this, uh, yeah, so Rosemary wins this. I could care less. Uh, after this, this is where <laughs> the stuff starts happening. Larry D is back from jail, boys. Um, and he's super yep, serious. Bad. He's got a bandana on, and Crazy Steve and Rosemary walk behind them, and Larry D just literally looks like he killed Crazy Steve with a, with a jab right to the face. Uh, and then AC Romero steps up to Rosemary and says, you're lucky you're a woman. And she says, we're a demon. And he just walks away. Uh, so yeah. that's why I hope is next is Cody is uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Larry D and AC Romero versus Crazy Steve and Rosemary. That 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 would seem good. Seems yes. fitting. Uh, after this, baby. we get uh, a look at Swinger's Palace, which is his new locker room. He showed us a few weeks ago about what he's done with his wad of money that he. Claims he keeps on spending money, but the wad stays the same. Uh, he bought a pick. Uh, he bought a painting of him riding some horses. Uh, he, apparently, he hired uh, Johnny Bravo to be his uh, personal dealer of cards. Yeah. He's got the Swingerellas sitting in chairs ra- in random places. Yeah, I was confused what they were doing, and were followed by there. spending money and losing it all. Um, and then uh, Faya and Flava come in, and they're like, "Hey, we should. Uh, we're, we're letting you guys all come into a uh, Fire and Flava festival, uh, except for Falaba because he has no money, and Falaba looks sad." Yeah. Um. After this, we go right into Fire and Flava festival, and Alicia is Edwards is given the mic as she is the MC of the night, and she is calling herself MC Alicia, and she got that that drip, drip, drip. Yeah, I didn't know she was going to be involved. Uh, she also then was said something about how she wanted to bust it down and tried to do like the bust it down challenge on TikTok without any music and without changing clothes. And yep, that existed. Uh, so Kiera Hogan and uh, Tasha Steele's come out, and Johnny Swinger tries to hug them both, and they dodge him. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Johnny Bravo uh, has a Mardi Gras mask on, covering only one eye for some reason. Um, I thought he was trying to do like a weird Phantom of the Opera thing. I have no idea what was going on when, in this segment. It was clearly supposed to be a joke at Fire Festival. Um, they had the uh, styrofoam uh, lunch. Yep. Uh, apparently, it was ho- uh, originally they claimed that it was fresh from the h- hottest places in Atlanta. The collard green. But then they changed it to that. One of their mamas made it there, and they watched them. And all that they pull out, everybody pulls out, is a piece of bread that Johnny Bravo said smelt like something, and uh, cheese <laughs> that was still in a trapper, and some lettuce. Nice. Um, yeah, pretty awesome. Um, and day. then they were like, "Oh, we got bubbly," and they. They, they give it to Alicia to taste, and she spits it out and saying it doesn't taste right. Um, <laughs> yeah, her spit out was hilarious. She's just like just standing there and just like does the yes. triple H. Like, oh, that was great. Wow. That was that that was the best part of this whole thing yeah. because then after this, <laughs> for some reason, they cut down and oh man, there's somebody in a Stay Puff Marshmallow costume. Oh boy. 
and they're yelling at like it's followed by, even though it's clearly not followed by. This person is not that big. Uh, and they just take their hel- helmet off and, oh, it's Nevea. And then Havoc comes in behind, just like hits Kara Hogan. And that's the segment. And then Alicia Edwards gets on the mic and yeah. says, and the new winners of Fire and Flavor Festival, Havoc and Nevea. And Matt Stryker yeah. says, what did they win? And <laughs> D'Lo Brown well, says they won Fire and Flavor Festival. And Matt Stryker says, but what was on the line? And D'Lo Brown just says, <laughs> I don't know. I guess Fire and Flavor Festival. So I'm glad commentary didn't even know what to do. Yeah, they're not in queue. There's no Vince McMahon in the background. No, you know who is on comment? Who who is on the microphone telling them what to say? The nope, the, the senior producer, baby, Josh Matthews. So if there's any mistakes, we can still say fuck Josh Matthews. Yeah. Oh, he's probably like, what the heck do I know? <laughs> yeah. Just do what I do. Talk, talk about, about the micro like, brawlers. My like action figures. Yeah, micro brawlers. <laughs> um, after this. <laughs> After yeah, this, we have Joe Doring versus Cousin Jake. I will want to say, though, Johnny Swinger was pretty goddamn incredible. I mean, the whole thing it's today. Johnny Swinger, forever the greatest gimmick man of all time. I know. And it's just amazing that I never knew about him until, like, yeah. six months ago. Like, I, this has been missing in my wrestling life, my whole wrestling watching existence and this is some of the funniest stuff i've ever seen um i i think it's it's great that like i didn't really keep up with impact for the last few months before we started watching but the only thing i did know about was that like i remember uh when joey ryan went to wrestlers court and how great johnny swinger was in that um and oh, really? yeah, so I, it, so when they did wrestlers court again, I was like, oh, this is going to be great. Now Johnny Swinger's the main event. And that was that was fantastic. That blew wrestlers court with J- Joey Ryan out of the water. It's fuck Joey Ryan. Um, but yeah, fair. Uh, yeah, after this, we got Joe Doring with uh, the rest of Violent by Design, uh, you know, because uh, Diener. I forgot what yeah, Diener <laughs> and uh, what's his name, uh, Eric Young, and uh, we got Joe Doran coming out in that. You know, it's he's gonna fight when he comes out in the big fluffy jacket because he doesn't come out in the big fluffy jacket if he if he's just gonna be like at ringside. Nope, he's just shirt. He's shirtless then. That's true. When he's wrestling, yeah, <laughs> he comes out in a big old fluffy jacket. Um, and. His receiving hairline nope. didn't look as bad. Uh, I also thought that uh, yeah. his little taunt that he does where he throws up the fist, I thought this was much improved because he just yelled when he did it instead of going just, Ugh. it was more of a, which I thought was much more intimidating. Um, also, uh, this match did not last very long. Cousin Jake was just beaten up here. Um, I This was the first. I think. Walks away, but then he, he did do a hit top a top rope, rope move, move and like they acted like he landed awkwardly on his foot, which prevented him from get recovering. Um, gotcha. This was the first time I've seen the finishing move of Joe Doring. I have to say, this might be one of my new favorite finishing moves in wrestling today. It is the Death Valley so. driver that he keeps the arm locked up in. And then immediately picks you back up for a really good clothesline. Love myself some combo moves like that. Yeah. And the Death yeah, Valley Driver always is always a great so. move. Um, and I feel like big men really just know how to sell really good clotheslines. And oh, mainly yeah. just yeah. people in Texan gear. Shout out JBL and your clothesline <laughs> from hell. True. It's yeah, mostly mostly yep. looking at you, JBL. I can't think of any other Texans. Oh, they said Stan Hansen. There you go. There you go. Stan, Stan Hansen. Hansen. Yeah, and he and he you cowboy gear too. There you go. Yeah, that's that's why he definitely resent like Joe. Dorn yeah, and and Stan Hansen big in uh big in Japan. 
Oh man, Angelo, True. you're missing. Yeah, no, he was on. Uh, it's the next match. Am I? Is I believe this is Gail Kim and Madison Rain in I guess Lethal Lockdown. There you go. Hmm. Lockdown. Damn, I'm missing it. But yeah, I, I know from my uh, old days of getting the Pro Wrestling Illustrated magazines, I, I knew about like uh, Stan Hansen was very. Uh, uh, rugged wrestler, like a, he, you people usually didn't like to wrestle him because he was uh, pretty tough yes. in the ring and with his hits. Um, but uh, and I guess like Joe Doring is supposed to like kind of resemble that, but I haven't seen enough to uh, really say that. But like Joe Doring is supposed to be a very physical wrestler from Japan, yeah. so uh, yeah, um, definitely cool. Quote of the night here, in my opinion, uh, was when Matt Stryker said, "Quote: I think it's easy to say." that Joe Doring is the best big man in the world today. I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't even know. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure Moose is on the roster. And Moose, I will take 100 times out of 100 over Joe Doring. I think right now I will. Um, And... I would also say that I think, uh, I mean, Madman Fulton isn't really presented as well right now as he, he's losing. Yeah, I think, I, I think he's a better talent as well. Yeah. It's much more movable. Yeah. Um, after this right. is our main event. We start off with Moose's entrance and we immediately go to commercial. When we come back. Yeah. I guess before we go to this, how do you feel about uh, the combination of James I Thorne about and Chris Sabin? Honestly. <laughs> They did uh, do their yeah. little uh, beer drink. Yeah, and the, the lightest session. Jack Daniels I've ever seen. <laughs> what well, was yeah. it like a plastic cup, too? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it clearly says Jack Daniels. It is clearly like very light liquid. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I guess whatever Alex Shelley has is keeping him out longer than. Just a simple like this is a safety precaution. I definitely think this go this falls into my theory that he must have come in contact with somebody who has COVID. He tested negative for it, but Impact was like, mm-hmm. "We're not gonna test. We're not gonna um, chance it, especially with like this whole AEW deal going on because AEW takes it super yeah, seriously." Well, I guess they could have. Uh, COVID with like any like if there's the slightest chance you came in contact with somebody they're pulling you um, so I, I feel like that 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 is my opinion on it is that that is what must have happened yeah so he just missed like the, the yeah the that's my thinking because anything else the, yeah like because they said he's not it's not like a new injury they said it's he didn't test positive for COVID. They've made sure to tell like those are the two things that they've ruled out. But this is a safety concern is why he wasn't there. So that's that's the only thing hmm. that to me that makes sense is he was in contact with somebody, yeah. and because Impact yeah. doesn't talk about COVID at all. Um, and other than that one yeah. time sure. where it came out that. Uh, somebody at Impact tested positive uh, on their own and then the reason that they had to test on their own is because Impact hasn't tested anybody. They haven't even done temperature checks uh, and blah 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 and that sounded like a mess uh, and that we we're going to hear like everybody's gotten positive basically um, but um, I-, I think them getting with AEW probably help them make this decision a little bit more. Yeah, it heightens the... uh, Yeah, because AEW is taking things super seriously, testing everybody uh, every week uh, that they do tapings um, and sending people home if they don't... if they test positive or if they had come into contact with somebody or if a family member has it. So that's my thinking. Um, I'm assuming that this is probably going to lead to like maybe one or two more matches where we get uh, Saban and uh, Storm together. Um, 
Yeah, maybe. I mean, they were kind of hinting at that they want to be there a little longer, which doesn't necessarily yeah. make sense. But yeah, it could be like next week. Yeah, baseball uh, party. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm yeah. interested to see where it goes because. Like, we had that one moment a few months ago where we had James Storm show up when Shelly got injured. Yeah. Yeah, right. He, he seems to be their, like, their go-to guy. Yeah, he has like, to live in by. Nashville somewhere. <laughs> hey, hey, yeah, Alex yeah. Shelly's missing time again. Uh, on it, boys. Yeah, and how he, like, just showed up for the uh, that yeah. gauntlet match, too. Yeah. I mean... Again, I, I think I've I've spent a couple minutes on every podcast talking about how much I adore James Storm back in the day. So I, I always yeah. always enjoy seeing him and would like to see him take a bigger role. I think his persona is just a lot better than a lot of the people on the roster right now. So I feel like if he so chose to be a full time employee and if Impact wanted him to be there full time, I think it would be a a huge yeah, plus absolutely. right now. I, I don't think anybody's gonna have say they don't want James Storm on their television because he's he's great. Great character, and he's great in right. the ring. And he's from what he's shown the few times he comes back, he's still got it. Exactly. So I, w- yeah. I would love to see more of him. But what he's doing right mm-hmm. now, I'm happy with it. And it's cool as a historical TNA fan that to see, you know, one half of the most – these guys were killing each other back in, like, 2008, 2010. So uh, to see them team up yeah, together is absolutely. pretty cool. Um, so finishing off the night, main event time. Um, after the first commercial break here, uh, so everybody's in the ring uh, for the heels. Uh, Tommy Dreamer and Willie Mack uh, are on the uh, the entrance ramp. Then Rich Swan's music hits, and then a random music hits. And I was like, "Who the hell is this?" And like the colors and everything made it look like like Taya's theme and or, and color scheme. I was like. I was like, they're not going to bring Taya back in a men's role here. And then I was like, was this like Johnny Impact's theme? And they're just going to bring out Swoggle again because he's got short hair. And then it says Trey Miguel. And I was like, the fuck is this? Uh, So I guess the reason that Trey Miguel didn't go to WWE is because he's he's like, nah, I'm going to stick with Impact. Um, which, well, it, it must have been more the other way around, where he he must have not either gotten an offer from WWE or yeah, because because like Triple WWE H did and, say uh, that he offered a deal to him or a deal was offered to him, um, and that it, like it was okay. a deal given to all three of the rascals at the same time, but only two of them decided or agreed to it, which is why the other two were there. Interesting. I mean, I mean, I guess to be fair, so it, just to hypothetically think, like Trey Miguel was treated obviously as the best yeah. of the three in Impact. So if they all got like an equal developmental deal, I could definitely see how Trey Miguel didn't yeah. feel that and was I, right. I also feel like it, so. you might – he. Uh, it's very easy, I think, for Trey Miguel to get lost in NXT and WWE, whereas if you, thre- if you threaten right. to leave Impact – and then be like, hey, this is what I'm going to get in NXT. What would you do to keep me? I think uh, Impact would definitely, they, they might not throw the same money at you, but they definitely throw the, well, we'll put you back in the main event scene, bud. <laughs> well, yeah, that's fair. That could be another discussion. I'm sure there's some research on it, but I, I've always thought that like the NXT guys aren't getting paid very well because they're supposed yeah, to be Yeah, I don't think they're contracts. getting paid. As, as, they're obviously not getting as are paid as much as they are as like the big guys in WWE are. Uh, but I think the fact that like Balor yeah. has purposely come down back to NXT, I've, and the fact that Cole and Gargano and all them have stayed in NXT for as long as they have, I feel like they they're probably making similar money to some of the guys on the main roster at least. That that's what I wonder now. Those like those guys NXT since you know a couple of years ago, Triple H came out and basically said that, that this is right. its own brand now. So I wonder, I wonder if they, they changed the contract structure so that's not just developmental deals and that some of these guys are getting paid 
as if they were a big yeah. harder on especially like some of the talent there because it, it, it's very ill forever bother me like when people are like oh nxt is developmental you can't tell me that it, like the Adam Coles, the Johnny Garganos who have been on the indies for like 10, 15 years, that they, that they need developmental time. No, and yes. but, but WWE yeah, right. is branding that for their contract. Purpose. Yes. That was James Storm's issue like four years ago. He's like, well, I could make more money in Impact in the indies than I would in, in WWE because they're all yes. for me an NXT deal. So I he goes, I, I realistically yes. can't do that right now. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, after this, the, this felt like a very quick match for a main event because, it again, it starts up with uh, Swan and Moose. They both immediately tag out. Or Chris Bay tags himself in and then immediately asks for Dreamer. Yeah, and the, yeah. The and birthday boys. The commercial again. Um, which <laughs> okay, yeah. impact. Um, but yeah, the, this this was basically what felt like a greatest hits compilation of just everybody hitting their big moves and uh, certain uh, Willie Mac just getting beaten down by the heels um, for a lot of this. Um, and then yeah, at the end, sure. everybody's kind of hitting their moves. Trey Miguel tags in for the hot tag uh, and. I thought it, there was a weird moment where um, Sammy goes for a, po- a power bomb on him, and it looked like uh, Trey hit the ground already before <laughs> Sammy even caught him for the power bomb. Um, uh, scary moment uh, near the end. Girl. Willie Mack went up for a top rope moonsault. Uh, Sammy Callahan kicks the rope out from under him, and Willie Mack looked like he just fell on the top of his head. Um, but, uh, he continued, so I guess it wasn't that bad. Um, and then Trey Miguel, uh, reverses out of the thumbs up, thumbs down pile, pile driver, uh, and reverses it into a roll up one, two, three, and the faces win. Trey Miguel pins Sammy Callahan. Sammy Callahan immediately kicks out, um, as you should with a good roll up like that. He gets in the face of the ref saying it was two. The ref says, no, I hit three times. Uh, Ken Shamrock gets in his face and then Sammy just tells him to do it. And Ken Shamrock just beats the crap out of the ref. And that's how the night ends. So, yeah, so Ken yeah, Shamrock probably spend it again. Why not? Like that. Um, yeah, so overall, not? Angelo, how would you rate this show? I'm very mixed because I just don't know. Uh, there were some directional yes. holes. I feel like, like we'll, we'll see what the Josh Alexander situation goes into. The uh, I am definitely concerned yes, about the. I'm 100 concerned about that. Uh, yeah, uh, because there's really only two teams available right now, and um, it's possible. I guess Jazz and Jordan Grace are going to be a third team, but I feel like yeah. Jazz is done. I wrestling. S- so I still think that we're going to get at no surrender. Uh, I think we're going to get Jazz and uh, Deanna just as like a okay. like one more really big notch in Deanna's belt by like beating Jazz. Yeah. The legend killer style. Because uh, she's beaten yeah, that's the most dominant uh, knockout in Jordan at the beginning of her first reign. Then she lost to Sue Young. Then she beat Sue Young. Then she got rid of Sue Young. Um, then she yeah. beat Rosemary. I totally forgot that existed. Uh, and then she True. submitted uh, the longest reigning knockouts champ in history in Taya. And if you can beat one of the best women's wrestlers of the 21st century in jazz, uh, I think that's a really successful reign. Yeah, no, that, that's a good point. So I guess we might not see the last of Jazz, but yes, I think we've the seen the last tag of Jazz in, in actual meaningful competition of the tag tag variety, at least. Um, gotcha. But uh, that's a good point, though, for the for this Deanna's title. That that definitely looks like what yeah. what was and being then set you up still have that, Kimber so. and cool. Susan as a team that exists. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so now. Uh, hour yeah. long Susan exists. All right. So. 
But that was definitely yeah. the concern going into it. But yeah, uh, my rate for yeah, so mixed. Yeah. I would just say um, thumbs in the middle. I also am gonna go thumbs in the middle. Um, I thought it was not the worst show, but definitely hadn't been as strong as some of their previous shows in the last few weeks have been. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely. I, I also have the um, same issues yeah. with like Alexander looked like he was gonna be like when they were splitting up Ethan and him. Um, I thought again, I'll say it like I did before. I still think Ethan Page versus Josh Alexander should have been a singles match to send off Ethan Page and make Josh Alexander yeah, that... the focus and impact. Um, Ethan Page has been very vocal about how impact did him dirty. Um, and how he's very upset with how his time ended in impact. Um, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, really? uh, that was the article that Pat sent us like right after bound for, or not bound for glory from hard to kill. He did a lot of posting, uh, about how, uh, he had, uh, his contract actually ended with impact in November. Um, and that he like it, it was just supposed to go till like the end of December shows, but then they like did all this extra stuff with the Karate Man, and he did not want the Karate Man to be brought on to Impact Television. He wanted it just for his YouTube shows and stuff. Um, and right, right. I get he posted the full match onto his YouTube for free immediately after the show uh, because um, oh. he said that the the Impact version is basically a two and a half minute video clip. Uh, apparently the other one, I don't know, I haven't watched it but it is much longer and much more uh, it, there's m- much better editing and set, like actual storyline and stuff. Um, and he said that uh, Impact didn't want to do a storyline. They just wanted to use this as a really quick comedy thing to say goodbye to Ethan Page, uh, which is why they had Ethan Page or Karate Man um, rip out the heart of Ethan Page and just walk away. And that's the end of it. Um, and so Ethan Page is like, yeah, um, I am sorry to anybody who like has followed me on the indies and followed me in Impact. Like, this is not how I wanted to go out in Impact. Um, but I don't write the stories. I don't like write the scripts. Um, they just give it to us, and I try to do the best of my ability. Um, and that's what happened uh, at Hard to Kill. And <laughs> he went off on certain pers- people. That, well, like, on the editing and the pro- the producers and stuff. And, yeah, I don't think he's ever coming back. <laughs> Yeah, that's the damn yeah. shame they they burned the um, bridge there. So but yeah, I, I, it's one of those things. Like I feel like everybody remembers how like Matt Hardy had his whole like broken universe and impact, and everybody was like impacts like doing so well with it, and that was the big complaint when Hardy went back to WWE was WWE really just didn't handle it very well. Uh, the broken universe, they did the Woken universe, which was okay, I guess, but like. Yeah, and they didn't, they didn't let him run with control. It, really. um, and yeah, like AEW has ha- had done pretty well with it from the sh- stuff that they did do um, with the broken stuff. Uh, but then Matt stopped doing it because he wanted to be serious during the pand- t- pandemic times. And then crowds came back and he turned heel and it. When you have somebody create something like Hardy or uh, Ethan Page in this situation, it's definitely disheartening as fans of people like them or fans of their characters to see what like another company will do with it. Um, and hearing and seeing what uh, Impact did with Karate Man uh, compared to what uh, Ethan Page has done on his own with Karate Man definitely uh, is a sour note. Uh, to end a very positive time yeah. in Impact with him being the longest reigning, or one half of the longest reigning tag champs of all time. Um, yeah. Right. Um, so with that, we are going to end this episode. Uh, just a reminder, as always on Wednesdays, uh, Pat and Joey will be back with their AW review. 
um, for the, I guess, the go-home show before uh, beach break next week. And then I believe Friday night, I think, was the agreed-upon time, is we're going either Friday night, Saturday, at some point, we're going to do a prediction show for the Royal Rumble, um, which is Sunday. And I'm sure there will be something from the Royal Rumble on Sunday. Uh, yeah. Oh, we uh, probably. Out. I don't know. Oh, I know okay. people are watching it, so <laughs> uh, I'd assume that they'd do a review yeah. for it. Um. So yeah. Um, okay. Be on the lookout for that, and we will see you next Tuesday, as always, for another episode of the Impact Power Hour. <laughs>